Welcome to the GAIN Service Academy Admission Podcast. In these episodes, we will explore all things related to gaining a coveted appointment to the Air Force Academy, Naval Academy, and West Point. And here are your hosts, Rob Kirkland and Trish Penroth. All right, welcome back to the uh, podcast here today. And um, you know, today we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, the service academy prep schools and um, you know information. I think that uh, you'll uh, enjoy about them and and so that you can learn a little bit more about them and who attends and. Uh, and what's involved. So uh, before we start, uh, Trish, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful today, Rob. How are you? Good, good. So where are you right now? I am actually down in San Jose, Costa Rica, enjoying La Pura Vida. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. The sound is better. Uh, the sound is better in coast in Costa Rica than it is in uh, in Florida. So um, I think are you enjoying the rest of life. <laughs> yeah. So do you recommend uh, uh, what you've seen so far in Costa Rica to others who may be considering Costa Rica? Yes, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, COVID, the country is, you know, do, pretty good with cases and um, the food is great down here. You know, they take lots of precautions, but everything is great and it's a wonderful place to be during the winter. So I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad you're having such a good time and glad you took out some time to do uh, this podcast with us today. Absolutely. So awesome. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So today we're talking about prep schools. Uh, you know, neither you and I uh, you and I didn't go to the prep school. We went straight to the um, academy from high school, uh, but that this is a route uh, to take for those who, uh, you know, perhaps can't get into the uh, academy directly or have some, you know, things that they may need to work on before they um, go to the academy. So, <clears throat> so I thought that first um, we might kind of talk about uh, maybe an overview of each of the uh, academy prep schools, and 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 I know you've done uh, the initial research on this, you know, in more detail. I know that both you and I know about them, you know, through our times at the academies. But you know, this is I know been interesting for both of us, you know, to, as we kind of delved in a little deeper to you know the uh, to these uh, prep schools. Yeah, absolutely. So. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the interesting part behind the prep schools is that um, they're both, they're all three uh, for Air Force, Navy, and West Point, all co-located with um, the service academies th themselves. So it's almost like you get a, this year, 10 month experience, you know, before um, actually attending the, the service academies. And the nice thing about the prep schools is that there's about a 95% chance that if you get into the prep school, you're going to get into a uh, service academy. So it's a great way to get an extra year. Um, and I, you know, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the, uh, perspective of anyone who doesn't know about the prep schools because I don't really think that there should be any type of negative stigma associated with the prep school. In fact, it's a great opportunity to really set yourself up for success at a service academy. Um, mm -hmm. When I, I don't know if you remember your plebe year, but the prep schoolers that were there with me, they were kind of like the the backbone of our freshman class, right? They they had the experience. I really relied on them a lot to, to push me through my freshman year. And um, most of them did pretty well 
because of that academic foundation and just also the military background that they get in the exposure. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got, um, so you've got a prep school for West Point, for the Air Force Academy and for the Naval Academy. So Air Force and West Point are actually on the uh, grounds of each of those academies. And right. the Naval and the Naval Academy prep school is actually in Newport, where the where the Navy War College is. So really that the Navy prep school is the only uh, service academy prep school that is not on the grounds of the academy. And how far away is that, Rob? Uh, well, Newport, Rhode Island to uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Good question. Uh, probably not, uh, probably, you know, a good eight hour drive or something <laughs> yeah. like that, but it's probably, it is a little bit longer. But uh, back uh, when I was a cadet, the uh, prep school was in uh, the U.S. Military Academy prep school was actually in Monmouth, New Jersey, and moved um, in, I think, the 1990s. But uh, you know, one of the things that the prep schools uh, do for the particular the three academies is that you know they have uh, a number of kind of football players uh, that you know that you know that are being recruited for the teams that uh, aren't uh, necessarily uh, academically uh, you qualified. Know, they need some, yeah, qualified, and so yeah. they spend that year at uh, the prep school. But it's beneficial to the I think to the football coaches and to the teams to be able to kind of have them close to uh, where they, uh, you know, where the, the main academy is. Absolutely is for West Point and, and Air Force. Uh, and it is interesting too that, you know, if you, if you break down the overall number of students at each school, I, I would say what about 1200 students get accepted each year into each service academy, 1200 um, Appoint appointees, appointees, and then you have about a thousand that graduate every year from the service academies. But about two hundred and forty uh, appointees get appointments to the individual prep schools, and then roughly two hundred of those end up um, going into each service academy. So every every year you have about six hundred students. Uh, that are going into each um, all of the service academies total, and if you right. look at the breakdown, you know you're talking about those football players. About twenty to thirty percent of those two hundred and forty students are recruited athletes. So a good chunk are those recruited athletes who need the extra academic preparation, and then you have about fifteen to twenty percent of the class that are prior enlisted. So they're in the military currently as an enlisted member and they get nominated to by their, you know, commanders and they're not quite ready yet academically primarily to go into a service academy. So they get that extra year of preparation. And when you look at the, the academic side of the house, um, it's primarily math and English and then prep for the SAT for those students that are going to um, the service academy specific prep schools. So, okay, so now we've, we've had 20 to 30% are athletes and 15 to 20% are enlisted, prior enlisted. So what, what about the remaining 50% who that's, that's really what we'd like to focus on today is that 50% of, you know, high school grads who aren't athletes, they're not prior service and, you know, what, what do you think, Rob, is the main reason why one of those people would, would get accepted into a prep school? 
Yeah, that's a great, uh, great question that I think is somewhat opaque, I think not really well um, known. Um, you know, when you see the recruited athlete, um, usually what it is, is a coach from that team at that, uh, you know, at the, at, at the academy, uh, you know, wants that athlete to play on the team. Uh, and then the academy does the evaluation and realizes that the uh, athlete is not uh, academically uh, up to snuff. And so yeah. they have to go to go to that. So traditionally, yeah. how is that determination made? You know, the, the, the athlete's not academically there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, obviously this, this, this uh, acronym called scholar athlete leader. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a lot of these athletes obviously are athletes. Uh, they're usually leaders, you know, that have, you know, successfully, you know, they're usually the captain of their sports team, you know, and they're, you know, doing great things outside of the, cl- inside and outside the classroom to lead others. It's just academically, um, they may not uh, be uh, able to handle the curriculum because the curriculum at the academies is, you know, you have, you know, uh, calculus uh, and, and then engineering uh, that you're going to eventually need to do, uh, you know, hearts, you know, chemistry. Uh, so science and, and uh, engineering very obviously is courses. very important. Right. Yeah. And so what they'll do is they'll analyze a couple of things. One is they'll take a look and see, has a person, did the person do pre-calculus in high school? If they haven't gotten to that yet, that may be an indicator. Um, another thing uh, certainly is uh, low SAT scores, particularly on the math section, uh, certainly on the ver- verbal section too. But, you know, if you have, you know, in the low 500s uh, or into the 400s with uh, SATs, uh, then that's an indicator that you may not be able to, uh, you know, be able to handle the math or the or the uh, English initially and, and need more help um, to get there. So, and then, uh, you know, I'd say high school grades would be uh, last, even though that's oftentimes subjective based on the high school. So I would say the two things would be, you know, the SAT score and, you know, the curriculum that you've taken in high school that's in, that indicates whether or not you, uh, you know, have taken the math and the math courses in particular. So that basically um, setting that, yourself yeah. up for calculus, you know, are you ready? Have you taken pre-calculus? Have you taken, um, all of the requirements for geometry, trigonometry, all of those things and, and succeeded with them. Right. Exactly. So those are the one, those are kind of the athlete piece. So, you know, so you have to be invited obviously to, uh, to, to these prep schools. And so the college coach then works or the academy coach works with admissions, uh, to get those folks, you know, kind of a, um, a, uh, invitation to uh the prep school uh the i think the same thing goes for the uh for the the soldiers on active duty or the airmen uh sailors etc enlisted on on active duty they get uh, also get um you know looked at in that same way and if they're you know really really good you know enlisted folks that you know are clearly going to be make good officers but just don't quite have that uh, academic preparation they would get that invite to and that would come directly from the academy so um to answer your you know to get back to your or, or, uh, initial question that you asked me about you know that that other 50 percent uh <clears throat> i think that uh also kind of falls into that category to 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 much to the degree so really what it is first, I think, is is uh, high schoolers uh, that are 
you know, that are really, really great leaders uh, and athletes, you know, that have done not necessarily maybe division one college athletes, but really, really good athletes that just have a great athlete leader profile that, you know, again, just don't quite have the academics that they need to succeed initially at, at the, uh, at the academy. So I would say um, that would be the primary uh, kind of indi- indicator, uh, I think, for some. Um, there also may be some motivation, for example, uh, for a person who may be the principal nominee for their um, congressional district who maybe just doesn't have the academic uh, chops yet, uh, but the Congress member of Congress has made the decision to make that person the primary for that year. That may be also be a person who gets that invite. Um, I would say uh, the final thing would be, you know, perhaps, uh, uh, and this is what the academies say at least, is uh, uh, is candidates in a very very competitive congressional district who where uh, you know maybe there's eight to nine people that are extremely competitive, but only a couple can get the nomination from that district. I'd say the only thing that that may be negative about that for maybe a highly academically qualified candidate who may get that invitation is um, they may be past the academics uh, that the prep school is providing. You know, they may already have you know AP calculus and things like that. So that so we can sort of talk about what you know later a little bit later about kind of what those options might be. You know, for candidates that don't get into the academy, but yet, you know, want to give it a try next year, you know, kind of what were some of the things that they can do. So those are kind of my initial thoughts. And I know you've got some thing, you got some what things to pile on here is maybe some other ideas here about, about this. I Just do, I do, mm-hmm. especially for, you know, the academic side of the house and giving people a, an idea of what that looks like. Um, and, you know, you talked about, you know, the four or 500 SAT score and that composite score for the surface academies is usually about, the average is about a 1300. So when you look at the, uh, the average for the prep school, it's usually 1150. So you're talking 150 points lower. And really, if you, you know, you go below 1100 on the SAT and uh, they're going to want to see some extra preparation. And it's just interesting, you know, along with the course load, that the admissions board can look at your transcripts and see, okay, they're taking challenging courses or they're not taking challenging courses. But regardless of your GPA, you know, the test scores are the great equalizer. So we always talk about that. So about 1100 or 23 for the SAT, those seems to be kind of like the benchmarks in terms of, you know, maybe you'll get an offer of appointment from the prep school. And then um, looking at how that actually happens is another interesting piece too, because a lot of people might think, well, you know, this sounds like it would be a good opportunity for me to improve, to take a year and to improve my English and math and work on my SAT and and get that military background and keep working on my fitness for a year with, uh, you know, those 240 students in each prep school. But the interesting thing is that you cannot request to directly go to the prep school. So there is no way to directly say, hey, I want to go to the prep school. What happens right. is the admissions panel, when they're looking through all the applications, they're making more like a line and they're putting people below this line and saying, you know, we really like this person's profile. They make a great 
We think they make a great officer. They've got the athlete and the leader piece down. They just don't have the academic portion down yet. For the most part, you know, there's going to be some exceptions to the rule there, but they put people below that line and then you'll get an offer of appointment to the prep school directly from the service academy, which which is a huge, um, you know, difference in terms of not being able to say, I want to go to that prep school. I want to go to the Naval Academy's prep school. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one of, even if, you know, you may think that your, uh, uh, you know, that your academic profiles may be above what uh, you may, you know, you may need for the prep school. The one advantage I think that the prep school gives over, say, an option where a student, you know, who, you know, goes through the process and doesn't get selected instead of them say going to a, a community college uh, or a uh, you know a regular college for a year to take kind of the f- freshman year and then reapply is that uh, particularly from those in competitive congressional districts when you go to the to the prep school uh, you are an active duty uh, member and so you fall under a dish uh, a different category for nomination and that nomination is basically 160 nomination slots set aside for uh, for those soldiers on active duty or in the reserve. And so I believe that they're uh, at least have access to that 80 or maybe even up to that 160 slots. What and so that, yeah, it is. And it's, it's something that you don't get. Uh, the only other people obviously that have that are the people that are actually serving on active duty uh, or in the reserves. So so I think that that is the main uh, reason why, first of all, the selection rates are so high because, you know, particularly for those in, you know, in really, really difficult congressional districts. And what I mean by that is there are certain districts like around the Washington, D.C. area, uh, maybe around the locations of the service academies themselves that maybe like say one service academy may be popular. Like, for example, when I was you know, uh, you know, competing, we, I was, you know, I lived in the Albany, New York area and that was very popular for West Point. So even though, you know, the, the member of Congress could nominate 10, uh, you know, you had very high quality candidates there and not all of them could get, uh, an appointment from that district. So going to uh, the prep school, even though you've got a great profile can take you out of that congressional district and put you in a completely different category, uh, of competition. And I think that's a huge advantage. And, you know, again, one of the main reasons why there's such a high uh, selection rate for um, the prep school. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the nomination piece is just such a, such an advantage. And since you mentioned a couple times about um, being, living in a, a very uh, competitive congressional district and still being highly qualified. Let's just talk about that. Let's talk about what it looks like if, you know, you do have very good academics and for some reason you just didn't get the principal nomination or you didn't get a nomination to the service academy and you want to try next year, but you don't necessarily want to go to one of the official service academy prep schools. What what are some options? What can you do in that case? Yeah, great question. I mean, I think that, um, you know, first of all, um, there's, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think from a cost standpoint, I think certainly a community college uh, is a great uh, choice. Uh, that's one where, you know, where you can really almost mirror the uh, the curriculum that's being taught for from freshman 
uh, year at these academies and then go ahead and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, do very, very well in those courses and prove to the academy that, you know, you can basically duplicate the freshman curriculum and actually uh, do very, very well uh, in that. So, for example, you know, you might mirror like the first year, which would be, you know, freshman English, uh, you know, history course, uh, your, uh, you know, uh, uh, chemistry, uh, calculus. And if you do, obviously you're doing well in all of those, you, you prove to the academy that, Hey, you know, I've got the chops to be able to, you know, do uh, a college level curriculum and get, you know, very, very good grades. I would say another, um, you know, a way that is sometimes, you know, uh, is it needs to be looked at? I think for some from a lot of candidates, is ROTC uh, doing ROTC for one year as a freshman? So you can do an ROTC scholarship your first year, uh, or just take it as a non scholarship cadet, you know, and get that experience being a cadet for one year in ROTC. Take that first year curriculum that that mirrors the academies. And then you can actually fall under another category, which is the ROTC uh, uh, category. There's, I think there's like 10 or so nominating um, uh, slots a year, 10, I think it's more, a little bit more than 10, maybe about 20 uh, that, uh, that you can actually use. And your, your ROTC professor of military science can actually nominate you for a, um, you know, for a slot also. So that's a great uh, opportunity. Yeah, it is. I, I really think that, you know, Doing ROTC for a year also shows the academy that hey, I'm serious about uh, the military, and you know, I just didn't just go to college. I also, you know, learned as much as I could about the military. Yeah. Um, while and I was there, it's interesting, you know, having this conversation because you think about the type of person that is going to be successful, and really, it's just about perseverance. You know, if the academy says no to you once, don't take no for an answer. You can, you have options. You can, it's not the end of the world. You can still attend a service academy. Um, and it really is just about being a self-starter. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the type of person that a service academy is looking for to begin with. So you're, it's just an opportunity to succeed. Yeah, I'm convinced that you you can get into an academy if you really want to. In other words, yeah. if you're a highly motivated individual and do those kind of things that we're talking about, uh, I really think that you'll get in. I think what ends up happening is a lot of candidates, uh, you know, give up, you know, after or they go down a different route. Uh, but I do think, I mean, I, I really haven't seen a lot of cases where, you know, if a student's highly motivated and just doesn't get picked up the first time. Uh, if they don't kind of redouble their efforts and 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 do the kind of things that you're talking about, that they uh, wouldn't succeed. So um, I completely agree with you on that. And um, you know, so you know, so I think that's a really really key message for any you know listeners is is that kind of you know motivation. And it's it's not the end of the world if you're not selected uh, the first the first go around. Definitely. Yeah. So the other thing, I think the other thing is uh, the other uh, point I think we wanted to make, I think you wanted me to make with this is, you know, not just say going to community college or going to a regular college and university and, you know, kind of mirroring the the academy curriculum for a year, um, you know, or doing, you know, Army, Navy or Air Force ROTC while you're on that campus. But another, I think, uh, you know, uh, kind of 
prep opportunity that we certainly need to talk about is these kind of prep schools that are uh, kind of sponsored by the um, by the Association of Graduates, either, mm-hmm. you know, the, you know, things like the West Point Preparatory Scholarship Program, the Falcon Foundation, the Naval Academy Foundation Preparatory Program, and also junior military colleges uh, like uh, New Mexico Military Institute and places like that, that, um, you know, kind of have that uh, uh, where the it's, you know, where it's expensive. Some, some, so that's kind of, I think, a downside to this, but, but they are certainly, they do you know, are sort of act like the prep schools in some ways in that uh, the academy does send uh, people to those prep schools and does provide sort of need-based scholarships. And these prep schools uh, try to reflect uh, the the curriculum that is the first year of the academy. So there's a number of these um, schools out there, um, yeah, the, and maybe you can name a few of them. <laughs> yeah, the New, uh, New Mexico Military Institute. Right. Um, North is it Northwestern Institute? Yeah, Northwestern. That's in um, I think in Northern California. Northern California. Yeah, and that's you know those all fall under three programs for the Association mm-hmm. of Graduates, and that's the it's the West Point Preparatory Scholarship Program. Mm-hmm. which is obviously for West Point. Then there's the Falcon Foundation for the Air Force Academy and the Naval Academy Foundation Preparatory Program. And and how these programs work is it's basically just donations and uh, money that's set aside from each academy's association of graduates, and they will pay a portion of um, you know that 10-month to a year prep program that's not associated with the service academy. So we're not talking about the official Naval Academy, West Point, or Air Force Academy prep schools here. Yeah. So you wouldn't fall under uh, a, you wouldn't fall under the the active duty or reserve uh, a category for that. You'd still, you'd have to go back to your congressional district and get a nomination. Uh, But for those that are uh, actually sponsored by the, uh, under this scholarship, uh, and I'm reading verbatim from the Naval Academy, uh, you know, the Ma- Naval Academy Foundation Preparatory Program, which is found on, and we'll provide these web links uh, on, uh, you know, for the in podcast the here, yeah. in the show notes. Exactly right. Yeah. So here's what here's what here's a here's a frequently asked question for that it says: Is there any guarantee that I'll succeed in this program? So he said, no, your appointment is not guaranteed, but based on our track record, however, your chances of receiving an appointment to to the Naval Academy through our program are about 95%. In general, those those who do not receive appointments either perform poorly academically or voluntarily dropped out of the program. 96.3% of our sponsorees received offers of of appointment for last year's foundation class so but the thing is you got to be this is like the prep school you got to be sponsored in order to kind of meet those numbers so in other words if you're not sponsored and you're paying you know i think it's like 40 sometimes forty thousand dollars a year or above i'm not other than if you're sponsored which i think if you get a sponsorship you should you know that that certainly should strongly figure into your decision making process but if you're not given a sponsorship, which when you're given a sponsorship, you, it's, let's, let's be frank, it's usually for being a recruited athlete. Uh, but if you aren't given a sponsorship, do you think, Trish, it makes sense to, to go to one of these prep schools if you're not given a sponsorship? 
I don't. I think you can accomplish the same thing at a civilian university, potentially even, you know, a community college, as long as you push yourself and you set yourself up for success by taking challenging courses that freshman year, you know, and it's always a good idea to have a backup plan. However, if you push yourself and uh, you don't get into a service academy, well, then you've just really set yourself up for success for whatever comes next. If the service academy route isn't the route that you end up going. Right. And so I think, you know, um, you know, when we kind of delved into these, I mean, I think that, you know, at least when I was started going there, I had no idea what the prep school was for. I thought it was just, you know, for, you know, for, prior enlisted people and stuff. I didn't, and then, you know, and I didn't even know anything about this, you know, about the foundations that uh, the academies have too. So, um, you know, it's kind of eye-opening to see kind of how many uh, ways uh, that, you know, people who aren't necessarily academically prepared can, you know, get into the academy after their, you know, after their, after, you know, in a year following their senior year of high school. Definitely just by pushing themselves and, you know, continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. So good. So, um, so again, you know, our uh, purpose here was to kind of look again at this, you know, this kind of 50% of the people that, uh, you know, that aren't athletes, aren't being invited by the coach or enlisted. These are, you know, people who uh, are, you know, particularly for the prep school uh, is our people who, you know, uh, of that other 50%. So, so really, I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, there really isn't a form, I think, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of go back around to this, I'm not sure if the, if at least I can't find in any prep school uh, sites, you know, if there's some sort of magic formula to get invited to uh, the prep school, uh, if you're not a recruited athlete, uh, is there anything is there any other indicators that you saw, uh, Trish, about, you know, uh, how you might get invited or, you know, things like that? No, I didn't see anything else. Uh, I do just think that it's uh, worth foot stomping the fact that the, the prep school is such a good opportunity uh, because, you know, most of the people that are going to be invited, it's because of some sort of academic deficiency, but it's also a chance to grow your leadership and your fitness while you're there um, because you're going to be able to focus so much on all three of those aspects. And it's just such a great opportunity. And I um, couldn't see how anyone would, you know, obviously everybody wants to get direct entry. However, if you are offered a slot, not as an athlete, not as prior enlisted, it's just a phenomenal opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's pretty much, I mean, just like the foundations, um, I know you mentioned the about 85%, but I think a lot of that 15% are people that either drop out uh, or don't, you know, for whatever reason. And I think drop out for maybe academics. uh, And then there may be a certain, you know, percentage that, uh, you know, that for whatever reason, something happens and they make the decision that they just don't want to do this anymore. So yeah, the military is not for them, you know, and they've experienced this yeah. year and they're going to, they're going to move on to some other aspect and career. Yeah. And yeah. And so if you take those people out, if you go, if you get one of these invitations and you're motivated, uh, 
I don't want to say it's almost certain, but I think it's it's almost you can book your ticket. <laughs> I mean, that's my take on it. In other words, you yeah. know, in other words, if you know what I mean, if if you're as long, you know, if you're a solid citizen and and you working hard and you get this, uh, and you know, you're trying yeah. and you're you're working hard. Your parents uh, can book their ticket to Parents Weekend. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see. I mean, there's nothing that, and I think they tell you that too. Uh, yeah. I just don't think that there's, you know. So that's, I think you know, the, the main reason why you want to take that up, just like you're saying, is that it's just, uh, almost guaranteed, you know, uh, you know, and, and, um, and that's huge, uh, you know, for, and, you know, particularly, you know, if you want to go there. So, so I think, um, you know, in the end, I think this should, this podcast, I think this podcast episode should really, uh, be a real positive, uh, positive takeaway for, I think for people listening here that just don't give up, you know, do the best that you can, uh, you know, just because you don't get it right out of high school, uh, you know, get that year wherever you can get it, uh, to improve yourself. And, you know, and like you said, that shows kind of grit and determination and then, you know, indicates, uh, you know, your, you know, to the academies that you're ready for that. I, I'm kind of curious. I don't know if we've, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure if we've really done this research. I'm just curious about how many, uh, you know, people who say aren't accepted, you know, when they're seniors in high school that then do that year, maybe outside, not, not, not the, not the prep school or these, you know, foundations, but, you know, people like say who do ROTC for a year or do, or do community college. I'm wondering what percentage of those folks get picked up? I'm just, you know, versus, I'm just kind of curious. I wonder if there's yeah. been any studies about that. No, I, you know, I did see um, a statistic that said that um, 30% of each class is either a recruited athlete or they have some prior college experience. So mm-hmm. I think, I think you could probably break that down and look in the prior college experience, but I don't know the specific number there. Yeah, I would think it's, you know, um, I think probably the main reason why people, you know, maybe who, you know, who, who get rejected when they're seniors, uh, is that they just take a different route and then go on with their lives in a different way. Yeah. Um, maybe but, they don't know, you know about some of these opportunities too. Yeah. Or realize that, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. So I think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of these candidates probably could have, you know, done this if they decided that that this is what they wanted to do is go to the academy but they made the decision just to go in a different direction whether that be rotc or just you know rotc scholarship or just mm-hmm. not you know going in a different direction but i'm convinced that you know uh if this is your route and this is what you really want to do that you know that i think there's a high probability that if you know you're working hard your freshman year in college and this is your direction that i think the chances of 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 an appointment, I think are high. And that sounds exactly like the type of the person that a service academy would want to eventually commission as an officer. Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, the other thing is you're one more year mature. Exactly. Yeah. You know, too. So I think there's, you know, a lot to be said about that too, because I, when I went in as a 17 year old, you know, I had my birthday was July 20th. You know, I wasn't, my parents, I didn't even, my parents had to sign me away to send me to the academy because I was you know, so young. And so, <laughs> you know, it's experience. one of those, oh yeah. I mean, even that one year was huge for me, but you know, yeah. the one, you know, but, you know, I think the maturity piece uh, is something that, 
you know, is also, I think, a big deal also. So, so yeah, so that was great. Uh, that was great, Trish. Really, um, really appreciate it. And do you have yeah. any kind of final thoughts? No, I just yeah. really would um, hope that this kind of sheds some light on a very uh, gray area of the service academy is not a whole lot of people seem to know much about them. So hopefully we've been able to uh, give some, uh, give an idea, peek behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah, that's great. Okay, Trish. Well, great. Then we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Sounds good. See you next week. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gain Service Academy Admission Podcast. Connect with us at gainserviceacademyadmission.com. Love this episode of the podcast? Head over to iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast app you listen to to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Thank you.